This right here is the Twib Larry. You are now listening to Twib FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally, I'm finally me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Tonight, we have guest Tymok, the famous star of The Last Dragon, um, here to chat with us. He's actually got a new project coming up called The Last Dragon 30th Anniversary Celebration Tour. So if you are listening, please um, check us out on the feed, which on Twitter is BGN Podcast. Use that hashtag that allows you to jump into the feed with other live Twitter users and feel free to comment. And if you have any questions, feel free to direct them there and I will do my best to address your questions on the show tonight. Uh, We also have our co-hosts, Grace and Connie. Um, And thank you, Connie, for stepping in at the last minute to to co-host our show. No problem. (laughs) And hello to everyone. Yes, yes. Thank you guys for, for coming on. Um, so before I toss it over to the co-host to introduce themselves, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Oh, by the way, the studio number, if you decide you want to call in and you want to ask our guests questions, it's 718-404-9320. Again, the TWIB number is 718-404-9320. So tomorrow, well, actually not tomorrow, but Tuesday, I will be on the Swirl World podcast at 7 p.m. So I don't know if it airs live or not, but... Um, check out their website. It's thisworldworld.com. They also have an iTunes podcast, so you can find them on iTunes. They're going to do an interview with me, so that should be a lot of fun. You can find that information on the BGN events calendar, which is blackgirlnerds.com forward slash calendar. All of our events that are coming up with the live chats, with the Twitter events. Also, there's some con appearances Uh, You can check those out there and you can sync them to your calendar so that way you get the alerts. And also on our website, if you check out the right sidebar, we have blog ads and there is ad space available. So if you have a comic book, if you're a novelist, even if you're someone who has created an app on a phone, we have a dating app uh, content creator that's got some ad space on there now. Um, Check it out. Let us advertise your goods and your services for you. Um, Just click on the buy a blog ad link and that will take you over to the cart where you can purchase your ad space. All right. So I am going to toss the virtual mic over to our co-host. We will start with Grace and then Connie. Feel free to introduce yourselves. Let us know any projects that you're working on and give us your social media shout outs. Hello. Hello, everyone. Coming from the West Coast. This is uh, Grace Gibson. And um, I am currently, as I mentioned, on the West Coast working on my doctorate at UC Berkeley and looking at black female representations within comic books and how they're represented and misrepresented. And also even including um, a touch of Afrofuturism into that as well. Um, You can find me on Twitter at gbreezy20. And um, you can also check out my blog for film, Black Savant Cinema. And uh, I, you know, Right now, I'm just grinding on the dissertation, so that keeps me busy. And uh, other than that, you know, just kind of enjoying the day. (laughs) Um, Connie, I'm here on the East Coast getting ready for what they're calling the biggest storm in New York in forever. (laughs) Um, So just battering down the hatches and um, preparing for the snowstorm. Um, I'm Constar24 on Twitter. And um, you can check out my blog, uh, constarwrites.tv, where I talk a lot about um, television and diversity and screenwriting and screenwriting adventures and things like that. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, for being on the show tonight. So I'm going to introduce our guests, and we will get to the questions. Tymok, at the age of 18, won the New York State Kickboxing Championship, and the very next year, he was cast by music mogul Motown legend Barry Gordy to play the lead role in the cult classic film The Last Dragon. He was Bruce Leroy. Tymok was quickly catapulted into Hollywood with a career that has spanned over 20 years. 
He's appeared in many stage plays, including the highly successful Roadhouse, the comedy, New York City, playing the notable role, notable role of Dalton in the rendition of Patrick Swayze's 80s cult classic film, and the national tour of the star-studded cast, Cheaters, to name a few. As martial arts choreographer and teacher, he had the honor of being inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame in 2010. He's been sought after by some of the biggest stars in Hollywood, choreographer and director Debbie Allen, Jamie King, and Madonna on her Drown World Tour, former rock band Bush as the choreographer of their Chemical Between Us video, and over the years, he's guest starred on several national TV shows, including A Different World, Alan McBeal, Red Shoe Diaries, and Malcolm and Eddie. He took a brief hiatus in Hollywood to write and make his directorial debut with a film noir detective story called I've Seen Things. He's created a wellness program for young people in 2009 at unfoldingdream.org, and he delivers numerous seminars in at-risk communities around the country. Thank you for coming on our show tonight, Tom Hawk. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So um, my first question to you is, when did you know you wanted to become an actor, and what was it about Hollywood that piqued your curiosity? Well, uh, to be honest, uh, I was living in London with my parents and uh, my father and mother, you know, interracial, black and Italian, and um, they thought it would be a good thing for uh, my myself, my brother, and my two little sisters to be in a more uh, harmonious environment because um, America was had a, had more of an edge when it came to race, and in Europe they're more accepting. So. Uh, I just, you know, they, in the schools there were these different school plays that would go up, and everybody would, uh, you know, you know, teachers kind of asked me to be in these plays a lot of the time, uh, and that's kind of how it happened. And before that, I I knew how to dance because my mother was tight with James Brown, and uh, you know, she had all these little house parties, and they would have me dancing and stuff, and. You know, so I think at first when I was very little, I was supposed to be a dancer. And then um, uh, my father's best friend was martial arts. I ended up being a martial artist. So uh, I, I just enjoyed acting. Uh, once I saw Bruce Lee uh, and got really into him and uh, Sidney Poitier, Paul Newman, different uh, big stars back in the day. And really, I got, I got a, you know, kind of into all that. You know? So that's what made me want to get more into acting. And you, you mentioned those guys, and um, that leads me to my second question. Were you always drawn to martial arts, or was that because of your role as Bruce Leroy? Did that come first for you, those uh, those actors that you just mentioned? Right. Right, yeah. No, I, um, my father, when, when I was six years old, he had a very good friend that was Grandmaster Gerald Orange and here in New York, and uh, he and my, he started teaching me and my brother, and then... Um, you know, we were doing concerts and things like that. We were very little. And then uh, I didn't get back into it until I was like 12 uh, when when I saw Bruce Lee in a commercial. Mm. And uh, I really wanted to learn about kicking and stuff because Bruce Lee threw these kicks. And there was, you know, there was no internet back then. And, you know, <laughs> so you wait, wait for a Bruce Lee movie, you know, you wait for him to be on TV or somewhere. Every, you know, every, everybody in, in the country was excited to see this Asian guy with so much charisma, mm. you know? So, uh, in fact, everybody in America thought Asian guys knew how to do karate, which wasn't true, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, um, uh, you know, I, I get, that's what impassioned me to, you know, study martial arts. Awesome. All right, so, yeah, I'm gonna pass it over to Connie. Um, when you were first approached for the, the movie, what were your impressions of the script for the first time? Of the, of the script? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was odd, it was very, yeah, I I wasn't I never studied acting before the last strike. I just did some school plays, but mm-hmm. it was it was odd, you know. It was like I didn't even understand it, you know. I was like, what is this about? This uh, why is he talking? Why is he talking like this? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, why is he wearing this stupid outfit? Because <laughs> and then I thought about. A lot of the culture in martial arts in New York at the time, you had these really um, strange guys who used to walk around, you know, at these tournaments, martial arts events, 
uh, they wouldn't even compete. They'd be wearing martial arts outfits, and you know, some <laughs> oh, wow. some some didn't go as far as wearing the complete hat and everything like Bruce Leroy. That was like an exaggerated version of the truth. They would walk around wearing martial arts outfits in the street. They were just fanatics. And I, you know, I thought about it. You know, I said, well, that's kind of they're doing a play on that. This is the reality out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so since that project, what has been the best thing about being an actor and sort of the worst thing? Well, the I'd say, uh, you know, if you enjoy acting, the best thing is that you're able to entertain mm-hmm. and uh, you're able to interact with other talented actors and, and uh, you know, just, you know, in theater, you, you get an immediate response. You know, they, they, mm. the audience, the audience, just like a, a stand-up com- a comedian, you know, mm-hmm. they'll respond, you know. Right. Sometimes it's silent, and that's when you're really challenged to trust your work and whether the audience responds or not. You still stay true to the text and true to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a, on the pro side of it, people, you're entertaining people, making their day a little brighter, making them think a little more. Uh, the con side of it is, um, uh, I'd say, you know, Elliot Kazan, he's a famous director that's no longer with us. He, he directed uh, uh, On the Waterfront. He, you know, different big stars. He helped create them, James Dean and Marlon Brando. So he said that uh, that acting is, is a, a communal type of thing where you have to learn to be with other people even more than just your talent hmm. so I find I find that uh it was it's always a challenge to deal with different personalities you know especially when we're when I was young and when I hmm. was all over the place and and all the other young actors all over the place and you know so it's like a high school and you try to you know everybody's hmm. trying to get the attention you know <laughs> right yeah so that that's a challenge um dealing with different personalities and uh uh, the business side of it is a challenge, you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, people, the integrity is not there. People say things and they don't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's part of uh, uh, the uh, acting business is that it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, lying going on. <laughs> mm. and you have to learn how to deal with that. Yeah, wow. Bipolar environment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tossing it over to Grace. Ah, let's see. Um, well, you know, being that you've been, you know, in Hollywood and you've you've kind of seen all the different angles of, you know, um, being in Hollywood and breaking in, like, what words of wisdom and advice would you give to those who might want to like break into the field, or even those who are like even interested in martial arts professionally as well, too? Uh, well, in Hollywood, I'd say, uh, you know, have your integrity. Don't do the things you know you shouldn't do. Focus on the art that that you know that motivates you. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a dancer, you know, if you're, if you're a dancer, you're an artist. If you, you know, if you're an actor, you're an artist. So you got a craft. You know, you, you know why? Ask yourself why are you doing this? Are you doing this for money? You know, are you doing this because you're insecure and you just want people to like you? You know, or you know, I would say ask yourself that question before you really delve into the business because it's right. not, it's not, you know, easy. You have to really believe in what you're doing, you know, and you will be tested, you, you know? So, mm, you, definitely. you know, you should be, yeah, you should be uh, cultivating the craft of that you're in. If it's acting, you, you should be um, disciplined and learning to develop the craft. And uh, you should know that that's what you want, you know, because you'll be challenged. And, you know, you stick to your, your morals and uh, create a community that will support you. But first, you need to support yourself. Mm, you know? Absolutely. You know? And uh, the other question was about martial arts. What did you say about martial arts? I w- I'm just wondering as far as, like, I'm, I'm from what I can gather of it, it seems to be um, a patient type sport. You you kind of can't just like just go into it thinking you're going to get it right off the bat. And so kind of like that same advice, but it's just far as someone who may want to get into martial arts. Um, what advice might you give to someone who may be interested in it, but may not 
know exactly where to go or how to approach it or, you know, just the, yeah. the first steps? Yeah, it's, um, it's always asking a question, what do you want, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to learn self-defense, there's one, you know, uh, learning self-defense. You know, you, you, what is it that I have to defend myself, you know? So judo, jiu-jitsu, boxing, karate, you know, offer different realistic ways of dealing with a an attacker. Uh, you know, so that's the self-defense, you know. Awareness for a woman, where where you park your car in a dark, secluded street or, you know, you know, lit place, you know. Right. Woman armor, you know, all those different things coming in uh, in the question when you're talking about self-defense. When you're talking about um, health and fitness, you know, then there's there's a, a martial art that focuses more on that where you have to um, develop a certain amount of strength to do the different, you know, uh, exercise that you might do in martial arts. I mean, each martial arts has their different, um, uh, you know, levels of, of, of fitness, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you got kickboxing, you know, if you're actually competing, you have to be at a very high level, you know, kicking and punching. And, you know, if you're in jujitsu, you know, you have to, it's a grappling art. So, you know, grabbing each other and fighting, you know, with grappling. You know, so it depends really what your interests are. If you're older and you want to just develop body awareness and balance and uh, chi flow, then you do qigong or uh, uh, tai chi. You know. And this is why you were inducted because you are truly, truly well versed. I mean, I, I <laughs> right there, I, I learned a lot about just the different techniques that I may not have mm-hmm. known. You know, so like, yeah, I, I appreciate that just in itself. You're welcome. He, he is, in fact, the master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of many, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, kind of going back to The Last Dragon, um, I had a, a question with respect to one of the other actors who we all know, um, actress Denise Matthews, also known as, or formerly known as Vanity. Um, have you still communicated with her to this day, or are there any other actors um, from the film that you still talk to? Yeah, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of The Last Dragon this year, and, you know, the the um, creative, um, he, he, he came up with a great idea of doing independent action film festival that celebrates diversity in, in film, and his name is Demetrius Angelo, and he threw, like, a, a pre-party event, which was the 30th anniversary of The Last Dragon Party, uh, the end of last year, and it was a huge success. A lot of fans came out, and uh, a lot of the actors were there. Some weren't. Denise wasn't there. Um, I, I, I have, you know, she's reached out to me a few times over the years and, and we, we try to develop a, a relationship, you know, now as adults, you know, and, uh, you know, she, she's a little shy away from, you know, this type of stuff, you know, entertainment business. Um, but I, I, I don't know where her head's at, you know, you'd have to grab her and try to get an interview with her, you know, because <laughs> she, she seems to, you know, give mixed messages sometimes, like, you know, you want to be involved, you don't want to be involved. But, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, she has a lot to offer, you know, if she, you know, but you, you know, you have to be in the mix. Well, tell us a little bit more about the last dragon anniversary celebration tour. We did an article about it on black girl nerds. Um, what inspired you to, to kick off this event? Uh, the, the, the 30th this year, you're saying, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Demetrius and, um, uh, when he did it with us in New York, uh, AMC theater over here in New York, part of his event, uh, really great guy, Craig Sutton, who runs the last dragon fan page. He, uh, he moderated the panel discussion and after you know the event, everybody was saying they really loved it, but there weren't uh, a lot of people that could make it, you know. And they were in other states, even though the you know more than half of the people that showed up in New York were from other states, you know, not everybody can come up to New York. So we try to figure out how we can have it so that fans from other states can have it in their city, um, you know. So it, you know, there's a budget for that. You need, you know, we don't. You know, uh, we we couldn't think of anything else and other than that the fans could actually finance it by buying, by pre-buying their ticket. So the ticket would be 
roughly $40, and they would get autographed picture with me, and they'd be at the screening, and they'd have other goodies in the bag, Last Dragon memorabilia, and when they show up, but they have to be pre-buy their ticket before mm-hmm. March 1st, by March 1st, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, they can do that by going to my website, iamtimeoff.com. And when they go to my website, they pre-buy the ticket. We can, uh, you know, there's 300 tickets need to be sold. So that's what we came up with, you know? Nice. And we'll be sending out those links throughout the show um, for you to check out that event. Um, I want to ask one of the questions here from Twitter, and then I'll kick it over to Connie to ask her question. This is from Derpy Girl on Twitter. Um, Does Timok prefer judo and karate over softer martial arts styles personally, um, such as Aikido, Tai Chi, and Qigong? You know, as a kid, I did. I did. I, I, you know, when I was younger, I liked the more combative styles, you know, the more yang styles and you know and i still love the combative styles but now i can appreciate the softer styles you know because you know, there's you know there's a lot to gain from uh tai chi and chikong you know um yeah so you know i i love equally both styles you know you, you gain a lot from uh both mm-hmm. sounds like you as as you've gotten older your wisdom has allowed you to realize the uh the, the softer styles sounds like a yeah you know you're so full of testosterone thing. when you're young you know you got all this testosterone and <laughs> you know energy and fire and you you know you're thinking about jumping off of walls you know you're not thinking about <laughs> making doing these slow movements like what the hell is this about you know <laughs> um so <laughs> so the movie um as i know was uh filmed in new york uh so what were your favorite memories from shooting the film in general but also just from shooting a movie in new york city um, the, you know, this is a backdrop of the movie, you know, you had all, you know, the Chinese guys, you had, you know, my little brother got a rest in peace, Richie you had shown up, you had all these wonderful, colorful, bigger than life characters, mm-hmm. including myself. Uh, and that's how you woke up every morning going to work, you yeah. know, and, and I was from New York, you know, and it, everything happened so fast. I, you know, you know, they weren't. Nobody even really knew I was really doing this movie. I told a few friends, and I was really, I, you know, next thing you know, it, I'm, I'm hanging out with Barry Gordy and Diana Ross and wow. and uh, Smokey Robinson and, uh, you know, all these, you know, legends in the music business, you know. And they, they flew me out to L.A. and I'm staying at Barry Gordy's house, and he's giving me his Mercedes to drive around. I'm only 19, Ooh. you know. I'm all over the you know, I never hung out in LA before. So (laughs) they tell me just go to this place, go that way. I'm driving around alone and end up you know, going to this place. (laughs) It is the funniest funniest thing ever, you know. And you know, take I I have a book I'm writing and I'll have it out this year. I'm you know, Barry Gordy takes me to the Playboy Mansion, you know. (laughs) So it's like all these things happen this this all happened within a six month time, you know, mm. you make a movie, you're thrown out to LA, you know, all this is going on. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was like, how, how are you able to, you know, um, stay so humble and so grounded in the midst of all of this? I mean that, mm. you know, I mean, there's like truly a Zen quality about you right now. And I mean, clearly, you know, it's you've been mm-hmm. in the game for a while, and so to be able to still be humble and still be just like cool, calm, and collective. How are you able to, you know, um, what are I guess the techniques that you kind of like help to maintain that? Well, uh, you know, uh, I've got a very loving parents, you know, yeah, and even though I had a very tough childhood, uh, they put enough in there as a kid to kind of have. Uh, some something that you can uh, bite into, you know, you know, some, some, some integrity and uh, you know, in, in the different situations that I've been in, I've never been perfect. I've never been uh, always the best I could be, but I always had a, a vision of being a better person. I always had a, a, a desire to uh, give back. I've always, uh, you know, I always had a desire to be a, a better artist as an actor, 
and that 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 desire was always with me. So when you you know when you have a passion for something, you have a, a deep desire to do something, and it has some form of integrity, you know, you will you will find it, you know, mm. you, you know, and that's kind of what happened. You know, if you want peace, you'll find peace. If you want, you know. Mm. You know, mastery. You you work hard and you'll get there. You know. Awesome. You know, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, in in contrast to your role in the Last Dragon, you were also on an episode of a different role where you, a world different world where you played a very different kind of character. What sort of what sort of mindset was that in terms of like, oh, what made you want to pick that? What made you choose? that role that particular role and how different it was from the other from the other role you yeah played. yeah well a lot happened uh be- preceding that you know a very big things happened with me and motown and, mm-hmm. and you know contracts and the, that fell through and uh relationships that fell through with regard to my relationship with barry gordy and Susanna pass and you know, um, I'm left out there and, and alone and, and, and uh, don't know anything about the business, you know, because I came right off the street of New York, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just an actor looking for work at that time, you know. And I was doing some modeling and uh, some commercials to pay bills. And, uh, you know, I, I was at an event. Debbie Allen, uh, you know, approached me and said, you know, you should be on my show. I'm directing Different World. And, Nice. And uh, you know, you should audition them and I'll let you know when something comes up. And when when uh, at that time in the, in the late eighties, uh uh they had a lot of problem with you know, as they still do, uh, some of these guys in the, in, the, in these colleges uh day raping and actually they had the drug called Rufi. Mm-hmm. I think it was called Rufi. It was called Rufi, I think, yeah. Yeah. And it would make women very groggy and then they'd take advantage of them, you know. So it was a problem going around. So, so uh, Debbie Allen and and Different World and NBC they decided to do a show about a jock that everybody liked, but he had a dark side. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was in acting classes, and you know, and uh, I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I need the I need the work, but also people need to see that I could play something other than just a goody goody. Right. In hindsight, I, I I wouldn't have made that decision. Uh, in hindsight, mm. I would I would have respected uh, the fans of, uh, uh, because the, the, the people uh, got very enamored by Bruce Leroy, you mm. know, and you know uh, it kind of hurt a lot of people's feelings. And uh, when I was younger, I didn't I didn't really take that into account. I didn't I I didn't know. I knew people loved the movie, but it wasn't like it is now. Uh, uh, you know, wherever it went, people really enjoyed meeting me in it, and they really loved the film. But uh, it grew more and more over the years because it was started to play uh, on television, and that's mm. where, we, where it really gained its uh, popularity because you remember uh, at that time, TriStar didn't promote the movie well uh, when it came out. They didn't do a good job promoting the movie because they thought it was a black movie uh, and that white people won't really, uh, you know, relate to it. But hmm. that's actually that actually wasn't true. Right. So, um, uh, over the, you know, so so you know, I didn't really have a, a a real real good sense of what I was doing when I did that role on Different World. And uh, I was just taking it as an actor rather than looking at it as a, a character that a lot of people held close to hearts. So, you know, it, it was it was it was a good acting exercise. But in the big picture, most, most of the response was, oh, my God, I can't see you do these things, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I'm not sure if everyone knows this. I mentioned it in your bio, but... Um... You know, you were a martial arts trainer to the stars, and one of your clients was Madonna. What was that experience like? Yeah, that was that was really interesting. Um, <laughs> again, I write a lot about that in my book. However, uh, what was interesting about you know working with one of the biggest stars in the world is that you know she's a hard worker, and but it's very structured. You know, there's a 
She's done a lot of videos. She's done a lot of tours. So at that point, uh, you, when you show up, you know, you had to have everything worked out by the time she got there, you know. And so you're dealing with a lot of subordinates uh, a lot of the time, even though um, I had an opportunity to meet her husband and hang out with her and him. I brought them over to a friend's dojo in California, and he actually he took to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I brought him over to the dojo to go over some techniques. And uh, he, he actually became a brown belt, a high-level brown belt in jiu-jitsu from that meeting that we had. Um, but it was, uh, it was successful, you know. Uh, it was a, success, a successful um, encounter and, and, and job. You know, a lot of people liked the show. We had a little bit of pre-show banter, and um, you had asked about Black Girl Nerds and, and what is a nerd. So I, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts about the Black Nerd community that's emerged and evolved recently? And um, would you consider Bruce Leroy a blurred, which is a portmanteau term for Black Nerd? Um, and do you call yourself a nerd or consider yourself a nerd? Not until I met <laughs> you guys. Now I'm one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a blurred. <laughs> yes. Yep. We're we're a family now. Yes. So, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think we need more. I think we need more of us. You know, we don't follow the the, the line. We we're different. What you do know? you think about? Because we did have a pretty um, you know, profound conversation about diversity and its lack thereof in uh, media, television, film. Uh, recently, obviously, the Academy Awards sparked a large controversy with having no uh, Black nominees. What are your thoughts about that as someone who has been in the industry for so long? Well, you know, I, I, I you know, one of the growths I had as a, as a human being, as a person, was to free myself of blame. And that's one of the ways that I get to peace within. Uh, I find that, you know, we've we have to find a way to have more justice, more equality amongst uh, races in, in the world, not just America. Um, but at the same time, I find that uh, uh, there's a certain mentality of, of followers rather than leaders in the black community. And we're waiting for things uh, or conversations uh, to happen. You know, we're waiting for a Messiah, like a Martin Luther King. We're waiting for someone to lead us, you know, and I think that's a big mistake, you know, mm. I think uh, any culture that uh, feels they're not really getting the attention they want, you know, they need to uh, not wait for, you know, a black president, you know, that that was great what he did, that, that, that's an example of a, a leader. Barack Obama said, you know, I'm not going to wait for a black president. I'm going to become the black president, right. you know, or I'm, you know, you know, I'm going to look to, to, to be the first, you know, for Winfrey, you know? So, so, you know, we, we, I think we're numb as a culture and we've been drugged by media and, and, uh, huh. you know, but we're not victims, you know? And, and and there are there you know not every you know white person out there wants to keep us down. There's a lot of that want to pick us up. There's a lot of people out there that want to create harmony among cultures. You know and those are the people that have to be celebrated, and those are people that have to be proactive. You know, and how how do you how do you create harmony? You know, you have to create that harmony within you know your own community. So black folks have to learn to, you know, really support what they're doing, you know, rather than complaining about the Oscars, which I really don't care about, you know, <laughs> you know, it could be a hundred percent white. I really don't care, mm. you know, because it just shows it's a reflection of where their head's at, you know, hmm. yeah. but it's a reflection where our head's at that we complain about it, you know, but well, mm. we can't. You know what we can't. Uh, you know, you've got YouTube. You know, I, you know, I don't care about what's in the movie theater or on the, on the TV screen. You know, you got the internet now. That's anybody can create whatever they want. They can create any message they want. You know, good or bad. You know, right. Hitler didn't even have a, a TV screen. Unfortunately, in the bad side, you know, he just created a community that was up to no good. Well, 
in a room, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can create amazing things and wonderful things in a room, just like you girls are doing, you guys are doing over there. You know, you're starting. How did how did you guys start? Wow. <laughs> Excellent question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're talking right now. You're interviewing me, right? Next thing you know, you're you could be interviewing you know, a year from now or less. You could be interviewing Barack Obama, or you could, you know, you could have rather than thirty, forty thousand followers, you can have three million followers. That's that's the possibilities that are available for us. Yes. With the inter with the with the internet, there's no you know. Preach, Tymok. Preach. <laughs> That. No, you only live. You only live there. once, right? You only live. Yeah, you only right. live once, yes, right? Yes, we're gonna yes. sit and sit and complain, or we're gonna, you know, what are we gonna do? Yeah. So, how did you guys get started? Well, you know, Black Girl Nerds started by just going on a search engine and typing it in and not seeing anything, and uh, the lack of representation was a concern. So, I just wanted to create a website for girls that look like me. That was it. It was really uh, as simple as that. Um, had no idea it would evolve into a large online community. Certainly was not expecting to be doing a podcast <laughs> and didn't ever expect to be interviewing Tymok on a podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, that, it's just That's what I'm time. saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, you're a doer, you know, you're, you know, you're not complaining about that doesn't exist. You're making it exist. You mm. know? And then to kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> to add to that is just like letting your voice be heard and, you know, just kind of echoing um, Jamie, you know, not being afraid to just go out on that limb and, and do it. And I know for me personally, it was somebody telling me that I couldn't do it or that it right. wasn't, it right. hasn't been done. So, you know, why do you, why do you need to do it? And for me, I was like, well, that was even more of a reason why it needs to be done. So it, that was enough motivation for me to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And like you said, we can't wait for the next leader. We can't wait for that person to do it or hope and wish and pray. You just got to do it. Otherwise, we might be waiting forever. We might die waiting. So I really... That's right. Know. That's the truth. Yeah. That, you know, the older I get, the, the quicker I see how, how life goes by so quickly. You know, because your parents get older, they're, they're, they're not, they're going to transition onto, uh, you know, another plane, you know. So, you know, you, you start to really focus on the context of your life, you know, mm. and uh, you look at uh, the past and you look at the future, you look at the present and you say, well, what, what is it all about? It's really an exercise of the spirit. Mm. And where's your spirit? You know, where's your spirit? Is it, is it with humanity or is it with yourself or is it mm. uh, stuck, stuck going backwards, you know, or are you going forward? You know? Some revelations happening in this podcast. Yes, tonight. it really is. It really is. It's very deep. Very deep. All right. So I'm I'm going to toss it over. I think was it Grace? Did we get your questions in, or am I at Connie? Um, I did have one more that kind of I guess can speak to some of the you know um, it's 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 kind of like going back to something else. I, I noticed that you had a um a wellness program called Unfolding Dream. And just was wanting to know if you could kind of speak about that and, you know, kind of what inspired you to create um, the program. Yeah. Uh, well, well, just like what I was talking about earlier, I, I saw that, you know, I want to give back and then I want, well, well you know, who's going to do that? So, you know, well, time out, you got to do something, you know? So I uh, put together a, a seminar where young people could speak about their dreams and then I, have them see themselves out in the future years from now. And uh, all kinds of wonderful things happen, you know, because they, they learn about details that go in the ins and outs of having their dream come into fruition. And it doesn't just, it's not just a pie in the sky dream, you know, it has to have some real nuts and bolts, you know, an education, you know, um, a type of attitude, all these different fundamental principles that you need in order to achieve something in the future, you know. So I, then I play a little trick on them and that is kind of profound and that they get that right now it has to happen, that their schoolwork and their environment right now, you know, is what, what really makes a difference 
you know, not, you know, that's what's going to create tomorrow. So that's what that's about. Loving that, loving that, yes. All right. Um, in the past, you've refereed um, some UCF UFC matches. Um, can you tell us more about those experiences? Yeah, that was a wild time <laughs> when uh, I was all strung up with the, you know, the fighting world when the UFC just started. And at the time, I was trained with Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, uh, who uh, said, look, I got to do this. And I said, well, you do whatever you want. You know, he even though he was 52 going on 53, he was just still an amazing uh, fighter. But the, it was the beginning, and nobody really knew the the um, the rules and how they worked, and except for the Gracies, and they were highly skilled in this type of combat. And uh, he ended up losing the match. However, he was the oldest person that ever came forth to really um, challenge uh, Gracie. And uh, uh, he got honored and uh, asked to become the commissioner. And he actually was the one who was um, responsible taking out certain, uh, you know, certain uh, strikes that would end your whole um, athletic career, you know, like strikes at the back of the neck or the spine, you know, mm -hmm. groin, groin strikes. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up refereeing because they asked me to referee at the time. But it was very wild back then. Some of the guys were just too over the top. And, they, you know, you, you know, when you're fighting, uh, you know, sometimes you go a little too far. And you might be in the hallways or in the uh, elevator and just punch the guy right in the head if you're stupid, you know, if you're not professional. And there was that going on. But then, uh, obviously, it's come a long way and it's become more professional and those things rarely happen. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, but it, it really, the Gracies are really in charge of bringing their style of martial arts to the world. And uh, that's actually, uh, I wanted to, I studied for a little while in, in California where it originated, which was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, then I met Marcelo Garcia, who is considered the genius of Jiu-Jitsu, the five-time world Jiu-Jitsu champion. He's a young, uh, just a wonderful human being that uh, teaches here in New York. So I, I'm a purple belt under, under him mm. because I wanted to learn the style. So um, that's, um, you know, I had an injury that backed me up for a while. But now I'm coming back, and uh, I'm looking forward to a really great training this year. Awesome. Keep us in the yep. loop. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, yeah we're going to we're gonna be on fire this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you were working on a project called I've Seen Things. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind that film and sort of where it's at right now? Well, honestly, the inspiration was uh, I'm not getting work, and I need to write some films. So I started writing some films and mm -hmm. uh, putting together some actors, and uh, you know that's where it was left. And now I had re-looked back at the script to complete it as a short film. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I shot a lot. However, uh, you know, it was done very fast, and I had to look at what was it really about. You know, because the story. Uh, came out of me wanting to direct other actors and, and, and then everybody said, well, you have to be in it. Then that's where I developed me being a detective mm -hmm. uh, that was going to uh, investigate a criminal that was hurting uh, these women fetish clubs. And then it, it kind of, it was evolving over time and I got a little uninterested in the story, but then I said, okay, uh, that's where I'm at right now. I have to really make this something that I want to sink my teeth in because again, just like the uh, different world, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking yeah. about, well, as a creative exercise, time like you're playing a detective that does martial arts in New York city, mm -hmm. fighting uh, heinous criminals, you know, uh, is that what my fans want to see? You know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes uh, I say, well, they just want to see me work. So, but then if I go a step further, there may be something uh, else that they want to see. So, you know, I'm 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 in meetings about that, finishing that short film, and I I should make my decision in the next month and then get to work. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what you said about just if it's not happening yet, just go out and do it. 
you're you're a great role model for that for preaching you know you walk what you what you preach so that's exactly that's yeah. awesome to hear <laughs> yeah well you know it when you you know you need support you know mm-hmm. you need support because when you you want to do big things you have you, there's going to be times when you don't think you can you know mm-hmm. yeah you know you're only Ooh. human you know what i mean so so you know you, you have to structure your life and your lifestyle in order to achieve your goals um but there's gonna be times you know that you just look look i've been around the entertainment business and in the entertainment business for 31 uh, years you know going on this year and uh and there are times where you just feel you're completely alone that that, that there's you know you got your fans and then you got hollywood and you know your fans want you and hollywood doesn't so you have to uh, let go of that, you know, and you have to get back into what's exciting for you about acting, what's exciting for you, you know, and how can you pay your bills, you know, and and still, you know, and, and still, you know, have the dignity, you know, and, you know, all those questions come up and then you, and you get the support, you get, you know, you got loved ones and friends. You know, most most uh, most people don't have the perseverance and commitment that you do. So they'll they'll even not believe in you anymore because they can't see themselves believing it themselves. You know, it's like Martin Luther King. You know, they, you know, a lot of people <laughs> give up. You know, mm-hmm. most people do. Most people don't have that commitment. You know, but so that's what it takes. Oh, you know? sorry, that discipline. Excuse me, sorry, we're getting a phone call, but we just lost it. Please continue. Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, the number, guys, if, if you did want to call in, because I know some folks were interested in calling in, um, it's 718-404-9320. Um, I wanted to know, going back to Hollywood and the media, um, aside from the Celebration Tour, are there any current film or TV projects that you're working on? And personal superficial question of mine um, have you ever considered playing Wes Gibbons' dad on How to Get Away with Murder? Because you guys look alike. Oh, that, that's <laughs> yeah, that's what you tweeted to me back in the, when we were talking about doing this interview. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I didn't consider it, but everybody was, you know, tweeting or sending me messages saying you look like his. You could be his father. You should be on that show. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I have to do more research and, uh, you know, again, that's something that would be great. Uh, you know, but that has, I think that also has to be something that fans have to, you know, you know, they have to get behind, you know, you know, a lot of, uh, fans tell me, I want to see you in another movie. I want to see you on a TV show, but the way the business works is, you know, they have to tell you know the networks. Uh, excuse me, one moment. Uh, your caller. Is Otherwise, there. the networks is going to go to the one that's closest to the agent that they, re- you know, the re- agent represents this guy. You may have not heard of him, but he's, you know, he's the guy that they're going to have play the father. You know. Mhm. Uh, your caller. Is you know. Yeah. Okay. Looks like our caller's back. Yes. This is India. How you doing, Black Runners? <laughs> hey, India. How's it going? <laughs> it's going. <laughs> I I called to ask questions about um, his experience with um with um. I'm here, India. I'm sorry. I just hi. 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 <laughs> I, I'm just letting you know. Like I have been telling everybody about this. I like I made everybody in my house listen to it. I'm just like yeah, y'all have to know. You have to just wait a minute. And it's my daughter's birthday, but I made them wait. <laughs> um, thank you. Oh thank God, you. Say happy to birthday, yourself. your daughter. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, just hearing you talk about your experience and just, I mean, you definitely live up to, I, I know you're not Leroy. I know that it's a, it's a role, it's a character, but I mean, my goodness, I mean, you have a, a wealth, a huge part of knowledge and just, I mean, understanding of, of, of just like how he comes across, but <laughs> but it's a, I guess cause a lot of it comes from you too. Um, and that was a part of the acting thing I was going to ask about. Um, as far as I'm separating who you are 
in and in, in doing a role and um how how do you do that how do you go into an emotion without actually um feeling that it it's you that's acting it out yeah well uh you have to uh you know have feelings you know you know but if you're playing a murderer you know, you you know. Sometimes you have to you have to bring yourself. You know, you know. If you're an actor, you're not a murderer, but you have feelings of anger, and you know, you have feelings of, uh, you know, sometimes uh, narcissism. You know, you, you know, and selfish. You know, so you you exaggerate those feelings to where you would commit a crime. I don't know what it takes to kill somebody, but you know, it must take a lot of uh, twisted anger and 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 you know all those things. So, you know, as you have to bring yourself to a role, but you're not, you know, you're not that character. There's parts of you that might be like the character, you know, but there's parts of you that, like, like I said, a murderer, you're completely not like the character, you know, that you have to use your creative imagination. Okay. You know, so you don't let your emotion take it so far where you actually kill somebody. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right. It's gone too far. But I just, I, I see a lot of, a lot of you in him, I guess. Um, and that oh, was, and you mean Bruce Lee, right? Right, right, right. Right, yeah. and Bruce Lee, I see a lot of you, like what I've heard, just just you talking about your life or your experience, aside from the movie itself. I see, I see a lot of that was coming from you. Um, well, did they do a you. lot You're of like rewriting? You're not going to be walking around Bruce Lee's outfit. Uh, Bruce Lee wears outfit. That's the only difference. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in, India. You're welcome. Thank you for letting definitely me. Definitely go to my website. Definitely go to my website and pre-buy a ticket. That's We need people to pre-buy the tickets to bring it to your city, you know, for the last Dragon 30th anniversary this year. Oh, I will do that. I will definitely do that. Yeah, because people aren't really getting that they have to pre-buy the ticket. They think it's just going to happen in their city. Yeah, but they have to pre-buy the ticket. Oh, you have to pre-purchase. Okay. Yeah. By March first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will get those do. tickets, I will, I will guys. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will tweet it out too. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, we've been tweeting links throughout the show, so folks, um, definitely check out the uh, the Last Dragon 30th uh, anniversary tour, and there's information and links that go back to Timex website um, where you can pre-purchase those tickets um, by March first. So definitely check that out. Um, I had another question um, as well. You know, we mentioned my superficial question about how to get away with murder. But we've also um, had some conversations on social media last night, especially about fan casting of various superheroes. Um, one in particular that got made some waves. We were talking about Green Lantern and Jon Stewart. Um, so I wanted to know from you, were, would you ever be interested, you know, if Marvel or DC approached you to play a superhero or even a villain, would that be something that you'd be interested in? Well, I'm an actor. Of course I'd be interested. In <laughs> <laughs> Duh. But of course. Yeah. Is there, do, do you follow any comics? Um, is, is there a particular character in mind that you'd like not to play? Lately, but, uh, not lately, but uh, when I was a kid, I, that's all I did was read comics, you know, it was part of it. Uh, mm. But uh, I understand the uh, it's it's almost like comic book you know or the superhero characters you know they uh, they exaggerate uh, the dynamic of, of dark and light and uh, and the in between you know it's like how to how to be a what is a superhero you know it's a, it's someone that, that's able to that has these powers or, 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 or is curious of how they're going to have these powers or how to use them, you know? So I, I feel like a, a real life superhero, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd be good casting. Nice. So uh, we have a question on Twitter and then I'll um, pass it to you guys. If you have any final questions before we go, um, this was from Marmar 82 he brought up the Let's Wait a While video with Janet Jackson. Um, what was it like working with her? Yeah, yeah. I write in detail about that in my book. It's going to come out this year. Um, it was great. It was from besides of it that it was pretty interesting. But I met her when I was 20, and I think she was like 17, around there. And um, she met me in a parking lot, and uh, little sparks started to fly. 
So that's, was there that's a romance that, that we don't know that's about? How wow. I got that, that's how I got that video, actually. <laughs> wow. That's how I was hired for that video. Hmm, and wow. um, there was this uh, really flamboyant, well, he was, he didn't dress flamboyant, but he was this gay road manager that Motown had uh, assigned for me to take me around L.A. when I went out there and he introduced me to her, you know, and it was funny. He was, he was pretty funny. And your book, I think he, I think she likes you, Tamak. Because <laughs> 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 I, like, uh, I was, you know, I was young and dumb, and I didn't know what that. But, but it was funny. Uh, but next thing you knew, you know, you, two years later, she had, she got an agent, uh, Beth Ann Hardison, to contact me about starring as a person in the video. Wow. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of it. <laughs> nice. You know. So you mentioned this book, and it, it sounds like it's like a tell-all book. When is your your book coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing a first draft uh, next month, and then subsequent drafts will be done over the next few months. So I'll I'll be posting once I get closer to finishing it. Uh, but it's you know it's it's there, uh, and it is a tell-all. I I I tell a lot about. A lot of different areas of my life, almost I'd say all areas, you know, you know, romance, uh, um, um, acting, martial arts, and and uh, I'm very transparent because, and I and I talk about my failures, you know. Mm. Uh, I think that it's important to be honest, and you know, when you're talking, you know, to people that look up to you because then they could you know, see, look, you know, you know, he, he's a human being and he's made a lot of mistakes and he's come through on the other side and he's still, you know, he's not walking with one leg and, and decrepit in the hallway somewhere, you know? So maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I can, you know, do that. So, you know, so that's kind of, I'm just want to share in a way that, that can, can, uh, contribute something to people and you know so there's a there's a balance between uh just sharing so honestly and being so vulnerable where you just judge and then there's a balance of uh sharing in a way where they can identify with it or at least uh see it in a way where they can get something that helps them keep going oh that's awesome that's amazing definitely yeah. So Any final questions? Yeah, yeah. Any final questions um, from either Connie or Grace before we wrap up? I just no, have a I'm comment. Just sitting, I'm just yeah. sitting in all of the knowledge and all of the inspiration. <laughs> Are you soaking up the glow right now? Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need some glow to melt from the snow coming hey, tomorrow exactly in New York. That's exactly what I was thinking. Literally what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'll be in LA on the third of February, so I'll get a little sun. Nice. I love nice. I love this song. Gracie, you said you had a comment. Oh, just I, you know, basically, you know, what everyone else was saying. I'm just basking in all of this greatness and just very, you know, thank you for for being so transparent. I mean, it's not often yeah. that you you find um, you know folks that will be able to divulge and just be and keep it real. You know, I have to sound you know cliche, but you know um, that's very appreciative and. Um, you know, a lot of what you said, you know, we can take to heart and really, you know, soak in that in and just kind of like go with it. So just thankful that you, you know, you, you shared that with us. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, uh, yeah, you know, you know, ashes, ashes, dust, dust, you know, and ashes, ashes, you know, you just gotta keep on flowing and you, you know, you, you have to have gratitude, you, you know, or if you don't, you'll learn sooner or later something will humble you, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I think it's, you know, you have to enjoy life too, you know, so it's a balance. Uh, um, but I, I thank you. Thank you guys. I really love you guys and uh, look forward to keeping it flowing. We love you too. And, and tell us again where our listeners can learn more about uh, the celebration tour. Um, your book or any updates or projects that you're working on and information about um, that event where they need to pre-buy tickets. If you can just yeah, shout sure. that you out gotta, again. Yeah, thank you. www.iamtimeoff.com. And you go to the website 
IamThomas.com. You look at the top right, it'll say 30th anniversary, and then you'll get all the information on how to pre-buy your ticket. Pre-buy your ticket now, please. And let's have a, a great celebration in your town. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Time Out, for being on the show. Thank you to Grace. Thank you to Connie for co-hosting. Really appreciate it. And next week, guys, there's not going to be a podcast because it's Super Bowl Sunday. So we are taking into account that many of you guys probably will not be listening in, but watching the big game. Um, So just check us out on the BGN events calendar for the next podcast show. And I'll be sending out tweets uh, the week of. But thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And uh, we will see you two weeks from now. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. Have a good night, guys. Keep on going. Finally, I'm finally free. Finally.